Hi, welcome everybody to our podcast from Confidential Tax and Business Services located in Kedron, Brisbane. I'm Fiona and I hope everyone's having a safe and happy Easter. Uh, for the first time today, I'll be interviewing Tim Wilshire, who's a director at CTBS. Hi Tim, how are you? Yeah, day, Fiona. I'm going very, very well, thank you. I'm glad that we've been very, very busy lately, but uh, I'm glad that it's Easter. Great. Cool. All right. Well, um, the topic today for our podcast is the government stimulus package, um, in particular for businesses in response to the COVID-19. So um, have you been fairly busy um, with customers and things inquiring about this, Tim? Yeah, we've had lots of uh, phone calls. We've uh, sent out about four or five emails to all our clients uh, in relation to um, the stimulus measures that um, the government have brought, have, uh, I guess, announced so far. Um, there's there's a lot in it. It's a, it's a very, uh, I guess, very large stimulus, probably the, certainly the largest stimulus that we've ever seen in Australia for um, individuals and businesses, that's for sure. Mm, okay. Well, I thought we'd talk about today um, areas uh, in the podcast for businesses in particular, uh, the cash flow assistance um, measures, um, increasing asset write-offs for businesses, um, the time-limited investment in, uh, incentives, and also, uh, in particular, the JobKeeper payments. So what is it and uh, what businesses are eligible? So I uh, thought we'd kick it off with um, talking about the cash flow assistance for businesses, Tim. So what can businesses actually do or get for uh, cash flow assistance? Yeah, because of what's been happening with COVID-19, there's certainly been a lot of businesses that have been under the pump. And uh, what we've seen is, uh, you know, from directions from the government, uh, businesses have had to basically shut down their usual operations. And that might be in the uh, hospitality industry, the, you know, uh, um, tourism, uh, lots of different operators, training, uh, anything that's really not too essential has been shut down, um, including, you know, lots of professional sports and stuff like that. So... What the government are doing is providing cash flow assistance for those eligible businesses, uh, basically to assist managing their cash flow going forward to get them through to the other side of the crisis. Um, Basically, the first thing that was announced, which uh, came back on the 12th of March 2020 and subsequently was um, updated and increased uh, no longer than a week after that, is I guess what they call a, a boosting cash flow for employers. So if you're an employer and you're paying wages to um, your employees, then basically the government are going to foot the bill for the equivalent of at least six months here uh, and possibly like 12 months up to a total of $100,000. So the maximum amount that uh, a small or medium business that uh, turn, turns over less than $50,000 would uh, would be getting is $100,000. And uh, if they qualify, the minimum amount is $10,000 now and $10,000 after the end of the financial year for a total of $20,000. Um, the important thing, I think, with this is um, to be able to access these uh, credits, which will get credited to the, the business's activity statement accounts, is that they need to keep their lodgements up to date. So 
Uh, that's very, very important. There are obviously two different types of lodges. We've got quarterly lodges and we've got monthly lodges. So businesses that have probably um, more than five or six staff are usually uh, monthly lodges. So um, where they're monthly lodges, the, the activity statement we're holding for the month of March uh, is very important because that particular figure potentially is tripled and that's how much cash flow boost the government will provide uh, those employers which should be effective on their activity statement accounts on the 28th of April. Uh, obviously quarterly lodges, it's the whole quarter obviously, so for those guys, um, how much POYG of holding they've got for those quarters. Right. Okay. And um, just uh, with uh, businesses, I know that there may be, uh, if they haven't set up their business uh, before a certain date, um, they may not be eligible. Could you share a little bit of information about that? Yeah, that's that's a very good point. Um, you, you, your business has to be established and going and employing all sort of by and before the 12th of March 2020. Um, so a lot of newer business has, haven't got the history uh, we've seen some instances where you may even have to apply for commissioner's discretion in order to be able to get these cash flow boosts. Hopefully the system's fairly automatic and it works. But what's very important that I must um, make mention of here is that uh, the government are looking, the ATO are looking at uh, contrived schemes here to basically boost uh, employees' wages, in, you know, uh, to basically artificially inflate uh, what what I guess the cash flow boost uh, could be for a business. So it's very, very important not to change your circumstances too much because the government, with their systems, as they've advised, will basically be able to pick up on anything that looks that sticks out like, uh, like a sore thumb. Yeah, right. Okay, so um, was there anything else to say more about cash flow? Or? Yeah, th- as I said, that will... Um, First, first sort of credits will be the, on the 28th of April and I guess every month after that, if they're a monthly uh, withholder to a maximum of $50,000 and then once they've hit 50, they are going to get a double, whatever they received up to the end of June 2020, employers will be able to double that amount from July to October afterwards without, without sort of uh, looking at what the wages are between that period. So it's just going to be purely based on March, April, May, June's uh, I guess wage figures to be able to see exactly what those uh, employers are eligible for. Yeah, right. And is there any um, wage subsidies for apprentices and trainees? Yeah, obviously um, employers will have some of their uh, apprentices on certain uh, schemes and traineeships that allow uh, them to receive subsidies from the government. Now, what was also announced on the same date was that uh, the government would foot foot the bill for 50% of all apprentice wages that an employer may have for each quarter. So for nine months, they the maximum amount is $7,000 per business per quarter, which is a total of $21,000 of contribution that they could receive as, as a wage, wage subsidy towards, uh, I guess, paying those apprentice wages. Right, okay. Excellent. All right. Well, I think we're a little bit clearer on cash flow now. Um, so maybe we'll move on to um, uh, instant write-off threshold for business assets. So I know this is probably a great thing for businesses if uh, they've got employers working at home and they may need to purchase laptops or 
computer equipment um, for their employers to do so. So could you tell us a little bit about that? Yeah, so what the government have done over recent years is certainly increase the instant asset write-off threshold uh, for business assets. Um, it wasn't too long ago that uh, it was like um, $1,000, you could write that off in, in one go and anything above that you had to pull. Now, they keep increasing that threshold. It was 6000 20000 25000 30000 Now, for, for the period from the 12th of March 2020 until the 30th of June 2020, the threshold has jumped up a dramatic amount to $150,000 per item. So that really makes a lot of different planned items potentially able to be written off in one year. Um, for example, if you're buying a truck for your um, transport business and that truck you know, costs below $150,000, then you can get uh, uh, basically the whole amount of that vehicle depreciated in one year so that's quite uh quite quite an impressive uh all it's basically doing is bringing forward the deduction as you know so that's what increasing the asset write-off does as far as we're aware and we we'll find out more about stuff but if parliament aren't going to meet who knows what's going to happen but from the 1st of july 2020 we think that that uh, instant asset write-off threshold will actually revert back to a thousand dollars so we'll have to see exactly what happens with that and obviously includes uh, businesses now that turnover um, was up to $10 million, I think, for small business entities. Um, and now that's up to $500 million. So $500 million turnover for uh, businesses are eligible for getting an instant asset write-off. Wow. Okay. Excellent. All right. So um, we should probably talk about... Um uh, business investments in particular to um, accelerating business um, deductions for new assets? Yeah, so what happened, uh, the Labor government about eight or nine, nearly a decade ago, they bring out what they called an investment allowance. And what an investment allowance did, it actually gave an additional 50% uh, deduction to um, new plant items that were purchased uh on top of all the usual sort of depreciation rules that the plant item might have. So what we've got uh, announced by Scott Morrison on the 12th of March is a new, and the, the bringing back of the uh, investment allowance, so they've called it investment incentive, uh, and it's, it's for the period from the 12th of March uh, 2020 up until 30th of June 2021, so about 15 months. So... It's got to be a new asset, so it's got to be brand new, used first, manufactured new purchase. So it's got to be a new car if it's a car, a new computer if it's a computer. It's got to be a new air conditioner if it's an air conditioner for you, for the for the uh, office. So lots of different types of plant items that may be eligible right. for the investment allowance or the investment uh, incentive, and it's an additional deduction. So it basically reduces the taxable income of the business um, by... 50% of the GST exclusive amount that that uh, particular plant item costs. So certainly the, it's something we haven't seen for a while, but because of the what's going on in the economic environment, they're trying to make, uh, trying to incentivise uh, businesses to, to basically buy new assets um, and get a tax benefit from that. Okay, great. Eligible assets, um, it, it's sort of explained, but... Uh, it's got to be installed, ready for use. Um, can't be trading stock, um, etc., like that. So 
the it's got to be first held between those dates that I mentioned, 12th of March 2020, 30 June 2021. Doesn't apply to second-hand assets, doesn't apply to buildings uh, and that sort of thing. Okay, fantastic. All right, well, we'll probably move on to the JobKeeper um, payments. Um, it's definitely uh, an interesting area. Uh, they actually passed this section in Parliament on um, Wednesday night, so that was actually done, which is a is a great thing for a lot of people. So, um, yeah, so we'll we'll move on to that. So, um, with your JobKeeper's payments, um, a payment may be eligible to a business or non-for-profit as well, uh, affected by the coronavirus, um, to support them helping and retaining employees. So eligible businesses that elect to uh, participate with received payment of $1,500 per fortnight per eligible employee to support the people they employ as of the 1st of March 2020 who are retained in employment. So businesses must have paid their employees between, uh, sorry, before they are entitled to keep the JobKeeper's payments. So, um, Tim, could you elaborate a little bit from that? Yeah, you've, ex- I guess, explained what it is, um, the JobKeeper payment quite well there. Um, the, the, it's, the scheme is to commence from the 30th of March 2020, um, so it will apply to wages um, or employees paid um, by eligible employers from that day and onwards. How long, will, how long is this going to last for to the 27th of September 2020 or the equivalent of six months from when it starts? Yeah, right. Um, now, how do you know if your business is eligible? That's, that's the key thing here. This is probably the hardest thing to... We'll talk a bit about mechanics because it's very, very important um, to get that right. It's, it, it is a bit certainly grey in a lot of areas, this uh, JobKeeper payment. There is an 11-page frequently asked questions fact sheet on the Australian Government Treasury website, which I suggest you certainly have a look at to look at every situation. But um, what we can say is businesses really must, um, if we're talking businesses, uh, businesses that turn over less than a billion dollars, must have had a relevant relevant turnover reduction of at least uh, 30% in relation to a, a comparable period, whether it was 12 months ago, etc. If a business hasn't been around long enough, then there may have to be a bit more commission and discretion in being able to um, come up with a decision whether the business is going to be eligible or not. So 30% is quite a large amount. And uh, certainly some businesses that I've uh, been talking to and that I've reviewed have certainly already, in my opinion, probably already met the 30% reduction. But there are a lot of others that had a good march, that had a very good march. But April is also is projected to be pretty much uh, no sort of activity. So where that's the case, from what I'm seeing in the legislation, you can actually um, predict... Uh, in the application that your turnover is going to um, actually be have dropped by 30% even though April hasn't got to a finish yet. Uh, obviously when it comes to reviewing that the ATO can sort of make a decision and say well you're wrong we're no longer um, you're no longer eligible, eligible for the JobKeeper payment so it's going to be interesting to see how the ATO actually um, you know what they sort of going to knock on the head and what they're not 
Um, obviously, some businesses are going to look at ways to make sure that their turnover is dropped by 30%, which may sort of be on the side of you know doing something to get a benefit, uh, which may or may not be illegal. So there's lots of different things in this as well that do cause concerns for um, employees and their advisors in relation to being able to get the actual JobKeeper payment. Yeah, now, right. so eligible employees um, that it relates to. So obviously you've got to have employees uh, in a business to be able to get the JobKeeper payment to be able to pay those employees. So the question is, what about sole traders? Yeah, so sole traders, um, Obviously, there's two different types of sole traders, sole traders that employ and sole traders that just employ themselves. Um, if we sort of start with employ, um, sole traders that just uh, a one-man show, uh, they are eligible to uh, apply for the JobKeeper payment. Uh, they would just generally have to show in their books that they, their turnover is reduced by 30% uh, and they would be eligible to receive the um, the JobKeeper payment in a manual way. It's, it's not sort of more of an automatic. They still have to be approved by the commissioner of, of the um, of the ATO uh, to, in order to be able to get it, but it's certainly possible for uh, sole traders as well as any other business owner. Oh, that's really good news because I know earlier in the piece it was uh, not applicable to sole traders. So, yeah, is that true? Um, obviously, when it was legislated, um, it certainly is true that... Um, that sole traders are going to be able to get it. Um, so sole traders, probably not so much eligible for the cash flow boost that we spoke about earlier if they don't employ people. Um, but certainly in, when it comes to the JobKeeper payment, they certainly are definitely eligible, um, even though they may not employ anybody. So that's good news for them. That's great news. Okay, so um, how do uh, businesses work out which uh, employees are eligible? Uh, which employees? Um, so it, it's it's again it's it's a very sort of um, it's an interesting uh, thing in in relation to that because um, if you've got a lot of staff, it's let's say you've got thirty staff like some of my clients have. Not all of those staff are going to be eligible, and the reason for that is because uh, some of them, uh, a lot of them, may be working casually, and those ones that are working casually. Uh, if they were not sort of there on the 1st of March 2019 as a listed employee, so if they haven't been around longer than a year and they're a casual employee, then you can't you can't actually have those guys on the JobKeeper program. So that's one so fairly significant exclusion. So they may still be able to apply for the job seeker. Yeah, so those ones that have been potentially stood down that are casuals, um, they obviously have to possibly go to Centrelink, apply for JobKeeper, um, and all that sort of stuff. So if they're not eligible for JobKeeper, then there's obviously other things that they can do should they not be earning any income. Okay. All right. Well, that's that's not too bad news then. That's really good. Also, the employees must be old, 16 years or older. They must be an Australian citizen with a permanent visa or a 444 category visa, which is a New Zealand type one. Uh, a lot of the other ones, no. Um, if they were resident for... A, Australia for tax purposes they've they've got to be listed on the employee books on the 1st of March 2020 uh, and they can only get it from one source so you can only get it from one employer you can't get it from multiple employers right okay great all right so um, what are the eligible payment periods for reimbursement for the job keeper subsidy 
Yeah, so the so the, as I said, the scheme starts on the 30th of March 2020. The ATO and the government, or the government, sorry, have advised that um, the ATO won't be making any reimbursed payments until the early part of May. We don't know exactly what date in May. We just know it's the early part of May, and we just hope that the systems are in place by then so that uh, the employers... Uh, certainly uh, aren't waiting any longer to get uh, reimbursed for those uh, wages that they have started to pay. Uh, it's definitely this whole thing of JobKeeper is it's very interesting because um, there's a lot of catch-22s that I'm seeing. I'm seeing employers not certain if they're eligible or not, not certain if if that, uh, yes, they've dropped internal, have, have they dropped enough? Is the commission going to allow them to be able to get the JobKeeper? So there's a lot of those factors, and they're saying, well, and which employees are eligible and which ones aren't? If an employee earns less than $750 a week, they're still going to potentially get, they are going to get $750 a week if they're an eligible employee gross. So um, even though they might have only been paid a couple hundred dollars a a week uh, previously, so it's, it's quite a change as far as that's concerned. So they they'll have to get more money and once the employer is no longer eligible because they they do have to report to the ATO on a monthly basis once they're registered into the scheme, if their turnover goes back up at some point, there's going to be a point in time where they're not eligible to keep getting the JobKeeper as well. And that may be after two months, it may be after three months, who knows, but this thing goes for six months. Yeah, right. So with a business, um, if... Uh a business, um, their employees are less than $1,500 per fortnight before tax. Um, in relation to that, uh, you know, how does that affect the JobKeeper payment? Say that again. So if they receive, yeah, as we said, if, if they receive less than $1,500 a fortnight, um, the employees receive that then what the employer now has to do if if they are a job keeper eligible they need to top up that payment to bring that payment up to fifteen hundred dollars gross for those employees just to make sure that uh, they that's just part of the requirement they have to make in order to be able to get the job keeper reimbursements from the um, from the ATO okay so um, with um so with businesses, if they're, uh, are they required to pay PAYG uh, holding? Yeah. So yeah, and superannuation on the JobKeeper payment. Yeah. So what generally has to happen is that they definitely have to deduct uh, tax out of the um, the wage that's paid to their employees, um, and that's just done on their normal scale. So obviously, if it's just the seven hundred and fifty dollars. Then uh, they 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 withhold ninety six dollars in that week. I think the calculation is so, and then the employee obviously gets the net amount. Now the ninety six dollars um, is the tax that's taken out on seven fifty under ordinary terms. Um, the interesting thing about the ninety six dollars is if the that ninety six dollars is going to basically be picked up by the government anyway, again because of the cash flow boost. So that, that's quite an interesting one as well. As far as superannuation is concerned. Uh, it is not compulsory for employers to pay the superannuation on the 750. 
it is voluntary in order for that to, to occur. So that's quite interesting. More mm. more sort of administration. Yeah, right. Okay. Um, so in regards to um, if employees are on work cover, um, can they receive the job ke- job keeper um, in response to that? Yeah, so my understanding with with work cover, if if they're in receipt of work cover payments, um, then I don't believe that they are eligible to receive the job keeper payment uh, as well. So that's just something I noted in the in the notes here. Right. Okay. Um, I think we've covered most of the general questions. Um, there are a lot of questions about this, so yeah, if there's, there's anything we have, if, if we haven't answered it. Um, just go to the Treasury Fact FAQ uh, site. There's 11 pages there. It's been passed by Parliament. Uh, it tells you about all the different situations. But the good thing is, if you're a if you're a trust, for example, and um, you know you get paid as a trust distribution, uh, you can elect to have one one of those uh, beneficiaries actually get uh, paid a job keeper. Should you be eligible, because you've uh, your turnovers dropped by 30 percent. Um, so there's that's that's actually quite good. Right. Um, yeah. So uh, there's a, there's a quite a, quite a few things there that are interesting. Also, if you're a partner in a partnership, each part only one of the partners can get the JobKeeper payment. Uh, if you're a company director that receives uh, directors' fees, only one of those directors can get it. If you're a shareholder and you receive sh- dividends that way, only one of those shareholders can get it. So there's quite quite a few different scenarios there as well um, obviously just do everything by the book it's there are mistakes that employers and their advisors are going to make in relation to this I've got no doubt about that because of the complexities um, but uh, you know obviously just uh, make sure you do everything do the research and and ensure that you do everything right in order to get uh, get through right Okay, so if people want to uh, register for the JobKeeper payment, you can uh, register your interest by heading to the ATO website um, and uh, just a note that you don't need to phone them. You can just do that via the website, which is really handy, um, which saves you lining up down at Centrelink and doing whatever you have to do. Um, So, yeah, so I'd just like to thank Tim for his... Uh, words of wise advice today and um, if you have any questions as I said head to the ATO website Um, but if there's any other tax related questions which you wanted to ask Tim um, he'd be more than happy to answer them Um, you can uh, send a message through the confidential tax and business site uh, Facebook or website Um, and uh, that's about it. Was there anything else you had to say, Tim? No, not really. I think um, obviously a lot of lot lot of uh, there's a lot of help there for, available from the government uh, as far as the stimulus here. So just make sure you look at everything, talk to your advisors, talk to confidential tax and business services, and we'll certainly point you in the right direction to make sure that you get, uh, I guess, what you're entitled to when it comes to the stimulus. Um, and obviously, stay safe. You know, stay safe, and ho- you know, hopefully, we can sort of all all get out on the other side, and life can get back to some normality somewhere down the track.
Yeah, for sure. Okay. Um, yeah, as I said, if you got any questions, um, comment on the post below. Uh, happy to answer any questions you have in relation to that or anything else you may be struggling with, like cash flow or anything in your business. Um, so that's about it. Thanks for your time, Tim. And, uh, yeah, we'll uh, have another podcast in a few days. Now, thank you very much, Fiona. I think you've done a great job asking the right sort of questions. Thank you very much. And, uh, yeah, I'm glad that uh, we can get this out there to our um, clients and listeners and followers. Thank great. you. Thank you.